Welcome to Into the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, you know that I've been doing a series of broadcasts on Beyond the Blessed Life, God's perfect plan to overcome all, and I mean all, financial stresses. And... um by Dr. Robert Morris. The Ford is done by Dave Ramsey. And I want to talk about chapter nine, Great Gain. This is so awesome, this chapter, because once again, it lays out the whole strategy of Satan, the spirit of mammon, and how he even gets Believers, people who are men and women of God entrapped in the spirit of mammon. And he, he kicks it off by talking about a 1913 cartoon that ran until 1939 called Keeping Up with the Joneses. Yes, right. Keeping Up with the Joneses was a, a cartoon and it basically dealt with um, the McGinnis family the husband, the wife, and the teenage daughter. And you never really saw the Joneses, but you heard about them. And whatever they were doing, the McGinnis family said, they bought a new car, they had to get a new car. They, it, is, it was just amazing. And it was the beginning of the 21st century, or 20th century, really, when um, this came out. And it also was the advent of what? The advent of marketing magazines. In the old days, when magazines first came out, it was very expensive. And so they were targeted to the ultra-rich were the ones that, or the wealthy were the ones that could afford these fashion magazines, these, these magazines, these marketing magazines. But with the advent of um, publishing um cheaper publishing um, ways of publishing magazines. And and then the U.S. government um, came up with second-class postage for publications. Now the magazines could be distributed not only just to the major cities, but cities all over the United States in the stand, newsstands and right directly into the homes of middle America and of, of uh, middle class and working America. And, and it was targeting trying to get people to be discontented. And this is the number one thing. God wants us to be contented with where we are and what we're doing because what's the bottom line? The bottom line is Jesus says he will never leave us he will never forsake us if we are what? Content. And then we'll get deeper into that in a little bit. So here you have the spirit of mammoth, Satan trying to infiltrate the hearts and minds of people all over the globe with these marketing magazines. I got my MBA in marketing. So I understand the whole thing about marketing is to get people to be dissatisfied and want your product 
to satisfy them, which it can never do. Right. So. It's the age old thing, namely you spend money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. And so the McGinnis would try to keep up with the Joneses. And in the end, there would be no what satisfaction. So. So it goes against the whole premise of what God wants, which is for you to be content. Like Paul says, whether I'm a base, whether I'm abound, I am what? Content. Right. And so the spirit of mammon, Satan, this whole world system that we're in right now, the, how do they get you to be discontent? Right. They want you not to be contented. Because they can't sell you product if you are not, if you're not discontented, right? So what does he do? Keeping up with the Joneses, it's about comparison. That's the first step. And guess what? It's a sin. God the Father, God the Son, and Lord God Holy Spirit, they don't want you to compare yourself to anyone else because each and every one of us is a unique individual and no one on the planet can replace you. You are designed to run your race and no one else on this planet can run your race. So the first step is to get us to compare. And they did that through magazines, but now it's even worse. Now we have what? Social media. Now we have the internet. Now we have Instagram. Now we have TikTok. Now <laughs> Facebook, you know, Twitter. You know, it's just absolutely what? Ridiculous. So what happens when you are not contented, you're discontented, it's caused by comparing yourselves to others. And guess what? You don't really know what's going on in somebody's home. You don't know really know what's going on in somebody's heart. That's why People are amazed when some of the most rich, some of the richest, most powerful, wealthy people in the world commit what? Suicide. Right? Kate Spade, Robin Williams, and many others. So, and it's a sin. God does not want us to be what? Comparing ourselves to one another. And what's the next step? Well, let's let's go back to why is this, why it's important to be content because this is where you find true happiness. It, you you'll find quickly that it's not things, it's not possessions, it's not what people think about you. It's what internally is going on in your heart. Okay, so First Timothy six six says that now godliness with contentment. Is gives you great gain. Great gain. When you combine godliness with putting God first in your priorities with contentment, you gain peace. That's another thing. A lot of wealthy people, people who are into mammon, the spirit of mammon, they don't have peace and they don't have great gain. Even and as they Run after the next thing and the next thing. Remember the barbecue grill? 
barbecue grill. Then next thing you know, you got to have new furniture. And next thing you know, you got to have a swimming pool. We know that women look at what? Purses and shoes and clothes. Men look at watches. What? And uh, cars. Right? And looking at those things dictates your status. <laughs> those things are temporal. Those things corrupt and break down and decay. What's important is the soul, your impact on people, eternal impact. That's what's of great value to God, right? And I will get into the statement about Jesus in a minute because that's some really powerful um, revelation about that. So when you are content and, and and God's not saying he's not telling you he doesn't want you to grow. He doesn't tell you he doesn't want you to increase. He doesn't tell you he doesn't want you to have things. What he's concerned about is things having you. Right. Yes, he wants you to increase. Yes, he wants you to grow. But with him. Right. And so what happens next is then you want freedom. Everybody wants to have liberty. Everybody wants to be free. And guess what? Guess what you get freedom from? You get freedom from godliness. Right. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, whether you feel it or not. If you have accepted Christ Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And along with that and contentment gives you what? Freedom. Gives you the gain that material things can never give you. Right? So your gain, you gain in security. And above all, you gain in freedom. Okay? So guess what happens when you're discontent? Guess what happens when you compare and you become discontent? You become a prisoner of your own cravings, trapping you in a never-ending cycle of acquisition and disappointment. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? So, the enemy of contentment is what? Comparison. And God clearly states that he does not want us to compare because we can't be compared because we each unique individuals, right, of God. And nothing, no promotion, no house, no car, nothing can be compared to your, your worth to God, your Holy Soul, your Holy Spirit, which is eternal. Right? Compared to these temporal things. Okay? So, basically, comparison leads to what? The big word. And what's that? Covetousness. But before we get there, let's talk about one of the ugliest, dirtiest, awful sin out there. I remember the scripture uh, when I was young. Envy with envy and strife, every evil work shall come. 
with envy and strife, every evil work can come. What weapon did Satan use to get the Pharisees, the Jewish leadership, to get the Romans to crucify the sinless man, the God-man, the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who went around doing nothing but good. All he did was good. He healed the sick. He had the eye, blind eyes open. He raised people from the dead. He fed the 5,000. All he did was good. And what happened? What instrument did Satan use to get to get them to crucify the Christ? Envy. The Pharisees, the leadership was envious of Jesus Christ. They were concerned that he was going to take away their, their position with the people. Um, power. And of course, economics was tied into that real closely. You take away the people. They're not going to be giving you no tithe. They're not going to be giving you any offerings. Right. And so Pontius Pilate could see straight through this. And he could see that the only sin, there was no sin. There was nothing wrong that Jesus done. It was the Pharisees. They became envious. They were envy. It was because of envy that they crucified the Christ. So that deadly sin comes from where? Keeping up what? What? The Joneses. Then you want to what? Compare. Right? Ah. Uh. So that's a dirty, dirty, dirty sin. It's very ugly. And if you see it coming up in your heart, ask God to strip it out of you as quickly as possible. That's right. When Satan wants to inspire a group of people to brutally kill the sinless son of God, his weapon of choice was envy. It's that powerful. It's that dark. That's why it's so vital to avoid comparison trap. Okay. So even the disciples fell into this trap. You know, Jesus was explaining to Peter his future. And what did Peter do? He pointed back at John and asked Jesus, Peter, seeing him, seeing John said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man, John? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remains until I come, Back. What is that to you? You follow me. John 21, 21 through 22. So, we need to make sure that we don't fall into the comparison trap, which is going to lead into envy and jealousy, which is that's nothing but death and destruction and opens up every evil work to come in and destroy your life. Okay? You know, you, you, and you will not have deep, genuine happiness and fulfillment. You won't have it if you, if you follow the spirit of mammon, right? And it doesn't, and it's both ends of the spectrum, whether you are putting yourself down or put, you know, putting yourself up, you know, it's, it's not the way you want to go. You can have everything the world says you should desire. And if you're not living out your God-given purpose, you'll be utterly miserable. That's why um, the purpose-driven life is so powerful. 
right? That book by Pastor Warner. Warner. It is, people think that things and all of those things give you happiness. The only thing that gives you happiness is putting God first in your life, following and walking in the spirit and finding out what your purpose is and fulfilling it. That is ultimate what? Happiness. But we've talked about contentment and how do you get become discontented? Well, once you step into what? Comparisons and then envy and jealousy and all those other ugly things that pop out of that. There is something that's the exact opposite of contentment, and that is covetedness. Covetedness. Yes, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Exodus 20, 17. Let's translate it to today. You are not what? You're not to covet what? Your neighbor's car, your neighbor's house, right? Your neighbor's lifestyle, your neighbor's job. Be grateful. Be humble and grateful for what you have, right? So God might say to you, you shall not, you shall try to keep, you shall not try to keep up with the Joneses. Clearly, God does not want us comparing ourselves with other financially. Okay. So that, that's, that's a, that's a definite no no. Okay. So, cause what does that happen? What happens? What is Satan's ultimate goal through the spirit of mammon is to get you to resent and be sad and disappointed with God. You, God, why you gave him a new house? God, why did you give them a new car? God, why did you, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Lord, why, you know, why did my child have to die? Why their children are still sleeping in their beds, right? Safe and sound. It's, it's not going to help you when you go down the road of comparison, when you go down the road of envy and jealousy, when you go down to covetedness, you covet what other people have. And you don't know nothing about what's going on in these people's hearts. I bet you a lot of people coveted what Kate Spade had and was stunned when she committed suicide. Right? Oh. Jesus himself warns his disciples of this danger. When you open the door to covetousness, you open the hellish portal that all kinds of evil can come pouring through. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist of abundance of things or possessions. Luke 12, 15. Life is not measured by how much you own. According to Colossians 3 and 5, 
Coveting is actually a form of idolatry. And we already know God don't play the radio when it comes to idolatry. How is covetousness idolatry? Right? Anything other than God is that you basically use it to fulfill your significance and your fulfillment is an idol. So you got a car that makes you fulfill, you know, you got a Mercedes, you got a Jaguar, you got all this kind of stuff. Does that make you feel significant? Does that give you fulfillment? Mm. It's actually even worse, right? Because you... (laughs) Mammon tries to cover or infiltrate the area that only God, only God can give you significance. Only God, Yahweh, Yuhevahe, Yahshua Mashiach, Christ Jesus, Lord Ruha Kadai, Lord God, Holy Spirit. They're the only ones that can give you fulfillment and, and satisfaction. No, no thing on this planet can do that. That's why you little kids that get their little toys on Christmas. And the next couple of weeks, you see them in the in the garbage can heap, or, or broken, or stuffed somewhere, and they don't ever want to see it again because it can never satisfy. Things can never take the place of God. The other interesting thing is why God says that this leads to idolatry, which is a big no no. Is that whoever you put in that position, they get to set your priorities. And only Jesus the Christ, only Daddy God, you only Lord God, Ruach set your priorities. Not the spirit of mammon. Not Satan. All he wants to do is kill you, destroy you. You know, steal your, steal your dreams, your life from you, kill you and destroy you and everything that you love. He's not going to stop just at you. He's going to go after your seed. Right. This is where we want to get into about Jesus. What people don't understand is. Is that covetedness, contentment and contentment are the exact opposite. And it is in Hebrews 13, 5, where Jesus, you know, in in the word, the Holy Spirit reveals to the, the body of Christ. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, talking about Jesus, the Christ, Yahshua Mashiach, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, every Christian on planet Earth, we got that memorized. He will never leave you. Jesus will never leave you. Jesus will never forsake us. But did they, but you know that it's tied to being without being not covetous? Did you know that's tied to being content? That's it says, let your conduct be without covetedness. Be content with such things as you have. For Jesus himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. So why is this so important? Because do you know how that was possible, made possible? 
that was made possible because Jesus took all our sins, all our iniquities, all our transgressions, all our lack, all our poverty, all our sickness, all our disease. He took all our rejection so that we could have his acceptance, so that we could have his healing and health, so that we could have his riches and wealth, so that we could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The reason why God the Father and God the Son, Yahshua Mashiach Christ, and God the Lord, God the Holy Spirit, could make such a promise was because it was saying that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, is because Jesus bore our rejection. Jesus bore our rejection. On the cross, Jesus said, Father, Father, God the Father, God, God, why have you forsaken me? What? Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit had never been separated. They had always been one. And what happened? Jesus had to climb up on the cross and take your sin and my sin, take all the, the every curse on this earth, took it all on him. And then he had to take the rejection of his father, who he had never been separated from, so that we would not be separated from our father. So even if you're a bad steward, guess what? God the father, God the son, God the Holy Spirit will never leave you nor forsake you. If you're a believer, if you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he won't abandon you. He will be with you. Okay? So, what you need to understand is what is really important. That expensive Mercedes, that Bentley, that Rolls Royce, that BMW, all of those things will rust and erode and crumble away to rusty powder. But the souls that you impact for the kingdom will live forever, forever, for eternity, for millions and millions and millions of years. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with his loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Psalms 103, 2 through 5. God created us. Yes, he created us to be Achievers. God created us to be expanders. God created us to be cultivators. God created us to restore and to be growers, right? But you are not to covet those things. You're not to compare yourself to others. You're not to be envy and jealous, right? No, you're not to do those things. Oh, this is so powerful. When I think about 
how awesome God is and how he has made each and every one of us unique unto ourselves. And for us to run our individual race, and our race is going to be like no other race or anyone else, right? So the secret to the happiness that everybody's seeking is to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all the other things will be added onto you. The houses, the cars. He's not saying, you know, you shouldn't desire a nice house. You shouldn't des- desire a nice car. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. When you are content and you put God's first, you will finally have contentment. You will have peace. You will have joy. You will have happiness. You will have the secret of life. Anyway, I just want to say that a heart contented, a heart of contentment is the major foundation for a life of a wise and good steward. Of a wise, of wise stewardship, right? So be content. Be content and seek ye first the kingdom of God. Follow Christ Jesus. Follow the Holy Spirit. Follow Daddy God, you and you will have the happiness, the joy, the peace that you are pursuing. This is never going to be in things and it is never going to be in material things and money and all those things. Now, God's not saying be, don't be a good steward because you do want to be able to give. You do want to be able to help others, but you are not to worship them. You are not to covet them, right? You are not to make an idol out of them. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. I want to close this broadcast with Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM, Wave 94, Enter the Glory Zone with Dr. Edith Davis. And we have done done Chapter 9 of Beyond the Blessed Life and we want to make sure that there is great gain but the great gain is where? In putting God first and being content. Thank you.